Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot, the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and the film that turned you on to them. I'm Michael Stevens. And I'm Shelley Brooks. And it is uh, dinner weekend, a.k.a. <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Turkey weekend. Turkey weekend. weekend. The yeah, leaves was... are turning, the air is crisp, we've all had a lot to eat. Yes. Um and we figured we'd talk about the classic fall film, uh, When Harry Met Sally. Yes. So this will be coming out, I suppose, uh, a little bit after. When is it officially winter? Is that December uh, 21st? I, I think it's December 21st. I was going to say December 22nd. but Great. Then yeah. we'll still officially be in fall when this comes out. So yeah. yeah. So we're doing a classic fall film called When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is uh, directed by Rob Reiner, written by New York staple Nora Ephron. Uh, now, Michael, for anyone who I guess doesn't love love, yeah, now what When Harry Met Sally is about. <laughs> now, this is definitely a movie you should have seen. And if you haven't seen it, you should be ashamed. Um, well, now this coming from the person who just recorded an episode where they admitted to not having seen Clue. So. Yeah, which is forgivable. This, uh -huh. <laughs> however, unforgivable. Yes. Um, like <laughs> so, uh, When Harry Met Sally, 1989 American comedy drama, romantic comedy drama film written by Nora Ephron and directed by Rob Reiner, stars Billy Crystal as Harry, Meg Ryan as Sally. The story follows the title characters from the first time they meet in Chicago just before sharing a cross-country drive through 12 years of chance encounters in New York City. The film addresses but doesn't resolve questions along the lines of, can men and women ever be just friends? Uh, yes. Yes. Do, yeah, do yes. movies ask that anymore? Because I feel like there was a period where they asked that a lot. 
there was a period in like 2011 where there were so many like just friends, friends oh, with right. benefits type Oh, movies. there were the two that came out at the same time. So yeah, there was the one with um, I Ashton think Ashton Kutcher and Natalie was Portman was one. Natalie Portman, and then Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake was the other. Blech. I almost said Rachel McAdams. I almost uh, put shame upon her name well, for being. Well, to be fair, she should be in more rom coms. But yeah, she's she's very good at that genre. She's funny. She's funny. Um, we love she's, her. She's great. Um, and, uh, were either of those movies good? Because I don't think I, I'm not sure I saw either. Those movies have, I, I, I'm going to say no. I didn't see either of them. <laughs> I think I'm, I've seen pieces, but I don't know which one is which. Because I know, I think it was, I think it was the Mila Kunis one where Mindy Kaling and Greta Gerwig play her friends. Oh, God. Which, how crazy is that? That they were like <laughs> Judy Greer's for a time. Weird. I mean. And now they're moguls, baby. Now they're moguls. Now they're the big fucking deal. Um, <laughs> gosh, uh, what a weird time for rom-coms. Because I feel like Zac Efron was also in another one of these. But oh, I might really? just be. It's either like Zac Efron or Miles Teller. Um, wow. You know, one of those matinee idol types. Now, um, if you had to choose between having sex with Justin Timberlake and having sex with Ashton Kutcher, which Ashton Kutcher, interesting. Ashton mm-hmm. Kutcher, hands down. Um, okay. I, I don't fucking like Justin Timberlake. I guess. Um, no, I don't like either of them. I, I think, think he's talented as an actor, but. Hmm. Yeah, I think my choice would be like um, set my pussy on fire. <laughs> which is a shame because my god (laughs) chop my dick into pieces yeah mila kunis and natalie portman are so hot they are really so hot i would like Um, to slip right in between them in that dream sequence in uh black swan yeah let's do like a abbott and costello style movie (laughs) where uh both those movies are in the same world i am assuming (laughs) and The movie is just uh, us cuckolding uh, oh, those two guys. I love this. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, I was I was just telling you that you need to read uh, Dangerous Liaisons. This is a very uh, Dangerous Liaison situation. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're so bold. Let's make an agreement that we're gonna fuck these people. <laughs> oh god! I didn't and ruin read their the- lives. <laughs> I didn't read the book or see the movie, but I did watch uh, Cruel Intentions. Oh, uh, which I haven't seen Cruel Intentions. As, which is based, which is just rich kids in New York City. We should talk about that fucking movie. Ooh. Oh, Ooh, here we go. Future uh, episode, Dangerous Liaisons from uh, Stephen Frears Ooh. and Cruel Intentions. Oh, because I was, oh, <laughs> the way Michael just hit their desk and I was like, it looks <laughs> like you just got, got an erection and it lifted your desk. Up here. Yeah. <laughs> I love Cruel Intentions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh no yeah, we because we definitely have to do dangerous liaisons because listen i am nothing if not a malkovich stan <laughs> oh see that listeners we just we just we always be producing real time baby bp baby <laughs> this is how it is you're getting a, a peek behind the the curtain yes. so to speak this is how the sausage gets made check the the wizards out in their fancy chair look at us <laughs> yes look at us in my basement bedroom <laughs> in my apartment Wait a minute, sitting this the is... words on my target chair <laughs> oh my god i 
have never I've seen this room so often and I did not know that it was a basement room. I am very much underground. It's a oh bit my god. depressing. Oh my god. It <laughs> no, looks so nice. Thank you. I'm you trying. Yeah, I'm trying to make it feel like um a, a human a human hole and not it, a, a hovel in the ground. <laughs> let me tell you, this room, this room, dear listener, you would guess if you saw this room, you'd be like, this is the top of the castle. This is the <laughs> top of the mountain. It doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I really uh, appreciate it. It's making me feel good about myself. You should feel good about yourself. You should always feel good about yourself because it's this capitalist system that we're in that makes us feel like yeah. we're not good enough. That makes God us feel it. like we shouldn't live underground. <laughs> makes us feel like we should work from seven to seven every goddamn day. Oof. Ah, in personal now. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Getting a little too real. <laughs> no, there's no too real for a mini So true, so true. This uh, is when we get Frank, baby. Speaking of Frank, I want to know uh, <laughs> who was mm-hmm. who did you like in uh, in When Harry Met Sally? <laughs> like that? Is someone named Frank in the movie? <laughs> no, no, Frank, as in uh, you know. You know how our episodes were like notoriously straightforward, yes, um, yeah. and how we communicate with it, each other and scholarly, you know, very direct, yeah, serious, um, serious minded, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was just my sick fucking uh, segue. Great to transition. Our oh, show, yeah, so good. I mean, I we talked about this a little bit off air. I think we both agree that the only choice is Carrie Fisher. The only choice is Carrie Frisch- Fisher. Come on. Um, oh, she. Now, for those of you who have not seen the movie, she plays like the best friend archetype, which like (laughs) much like Greta Gerwig and Mindy Kaling, (laughs) much like Greta Gerwig, uh, Mindy Kaling, Judy Greer um, and the many best friends of romantic comedies before uh, her. um, Because famously, the best friend is always the hotter one. Rosie O'Donnell. She's plays. She plays Betty and Flintstones. And she is so fucking hot. And I think that she is the best friend part in You've Got Mail, also oh. written by Nora Ephron, God. which you just admitted to not having seen. I have not seen. I have you not gotta seen. Gotta see it. Gotta see it. I have Hanks not seen. Being, being Hanks, being very charming. I I will check it out. I mean, I kind of feel like if I've seen Hanks in one of them, I've seen Hanks in all of them. <laughs> and... Fair enough. He also is like a capitalist monster in it. Oh, Perfect. Maybe I should watch this. He steamrolls um, poor Meg Ryan, who wants to keep her independent bookshop. And he comes in as the big Barnes and Noble guy. Little does he know, in a few years, Barnes and Noble will be stomped out by Amazon. <laughs> Not so big anymore, Mr. Hanks. Oh, God. Now, someone make that sequel where he loses his fucking <laughs> there job. You go. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I will say, I, I am a Meg Ryan fan. I think she's very good. Um, Something that we talked about briefly is that um, we do find both of the characters, the lead characters in When Harry Met Sally, um, rather annoying. <laughs> they are the absolute worst. Um, <laughs> Billy Crystal is like, he feels like a person that would be in my uh, friend group that I would <laughs> like the least, mm-hmm. um, which means we're probably friends. We're mm-hmm. friends. I like the guy. I'm not going to exclude him from parties, mm-hmm. but uh, he's just always got this. He's always got a one up. Mm-hmm. He's always got to be right about some shit. Mm-hmm. And the very first scene, he's like, uh, he's like fucking with her. He's nagging with her. He's nagging her the whole movie. And it's like, 
Ugh. And she doesn't even comment on his stupid wig in the first God. scene. <laughs> it's like <Because> how <laughs> if you have not seen this, dear listener, in the first scene, they are playing college students. Billy Crystal is surely 40 years old. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and he wears an insane wig. <laughs> oh my God. Never has a man looked older. Yes. That that is the secret. It is the um what was the Ben Platt movie? The musical. Oh, Ben Platt. Oh, my God. Yes, dear Evan Hansen. It's the Evan Hansen effect. You put a wig on someone (laughs) to make them look younger, and then they look the oldest they have ever looked. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ben Platt. uh, We didn't talk about this at all, but that man. Oh, gosh. In that movie. We don't need to talk about Ben Platt. (laughs) We don't. We don't, but. We don't talk about Ben Platt. Platt, Platt. Oh, God. (laughs) I will just say one thing, and that is. I saw my nephew's a big fan of this musical, so I was really happy that there was something that he was going to like. I don't know how he feels about it, the movie, but I saw a still Mm -hmm. from it and I was like, this man looks unwell. I hope he's. (laughs) He does look ill. This is the problem. (laughs) I don't know what the musical's about. Uh, So I was like, what is this about? Is this this one of those? Um, You know how like there's. Yeah, I did not see the full movie. I saw. A clip that was released of like one of the numbers. I think it was the the like playing through the window that was oh, yeah. like playing all the time in the grocery yeah, store. And I wanted to like banger. Want to come in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he looked like I to let uh, the the listeners in on a little secret. I just introduced Michael to the image of uh, Florence Pugh in Little Women playing <laughs> young Amy in the the schoolroom, surrounded by actual children, where she. <laughs> is a you know 25 year old woman with a deep voice that's what ben platt looked like in that <laughs> clip that i saw of dear evan hansen there were like actual children around and then this like 30 year old man strolls in with an insane wig like hunched over <laughs> looking like deathly ill <laughs> it's deeply upsetting oh. but that is what billy crystal looks like in the beginning of when harry met sally uh, one good thing I will say about Billy Crystal is that he he's got like a nice nineties, uh, like a ni- nice nineties dad butt. Um, mm-hmm. I say dad butt because he's like forty, but yeah. like it's when just a butt. He's got yeah. a nice butt. When he's playing jeans. a man his own age, he looks pretty hot in the movie. To be fair, like, I don't understand what because you're are you thirty or turning thirty? Or I should never ask I, a woman her age. But, <laughs> I am but, thirty. It's alright. You are thirty. Amazing. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so there is this, I'm starting to notice a lot more anti-aging, um, like advertising that's directed at millennials. Yes. Like we're, we're thinking about the people who watched Lizzie McGuire when they were, when they were growing up and Mm. we are trying to sell them, uh, erectile dysfunction pills or, (laughs) you know, and they're like, Hey man, like, look, bro, like everybody gets ED sometimes, dude. That's Um, it's totally cool. Buy some hymns, you know. Um, but I interviewed at hymns. Oh, <laughs> back in the day. How did it go? I didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe next time. <laughs> I wasn't passionate enough about boners. So, oh, <laughs> uh, god, you gotta, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it's so true. I mean, on Instagram, I like, I, I assume that this must be like user error because like they they you know pick your ads the algorithm does like based on what you're looking at but i get so many ads so many videos of like 
ladies, you know what it's like when you hit 50. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> you know when your pussy dries up? <laughs> I'm like, wait. wait. So I have time. I have time. Your algorithm thinks you're 50? I guess so. I think it's it makes I, perfect sense. Well, it true. Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly <laughs> looking at like glamour shots of Peter Falk. <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time looking at the videos on a Naomi Watts's page where she's like, "Isn't it difficult going through menopause?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, girl." <laughs> Who's looking at all these old tapes of Catherine O'Hara doing improv? Right, exactly. In 1970, whenever. Um, yeah, this they one is me. probably. They got me, honestly. <laughs> They were making an accurate assumption. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I do feel like we... So I had seen When Harry Met Sally when I was younger. I loved the soundtrack as a kid. Like, when I was first getting into jazz, I was like, oh, this Harry Connick. This Harry Connick Jr. sounds like the cat for me. (laughs) (laughs) He's the cat's pajamas. (laughs) But I do think that, like, rewatching it now, it does feel like it is a movie, like, particularly out of step with, like, what our generation finds romantic or appealing in, like, you know, hetero relationships or, you know, or relationships generally. Um, it yeah, does, it's very much from like a different generation. So maybe the 50 year old that like my phone thinks that I am would be more into it than I was on this latest rewatch. <laughs> you know what? Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's an important it's a good thing to point out because I never want to watch these movies with like a closed mind because obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 1989. A lot of fucking time passed the way gender relations like if me as a person was in like a 1989 movie, I'd probably be like the the sad sack scrub uh friend <laughs> character is like ah that's the fucking i'd be uh what's his name uh You'd david be, uh, allen greer in boomerang, david greer in boomerang. Um, that's yeah so funny. <laughs> uh, but nowadays i get to be perceived as a regular person <laughs> which is nice we're um, making strides <laughs> yeah the 80s would have been a rough time for me um mm. god and uh, <laughs> it's a weird time for like masculinity because it's yeah. like on the one hand you have like the fucking like you know stallones and the schwarzeneggers and stuff but like i i mean i was excited to rewatch this because you know i love like rob reiner is a great director you know i i like nora efron like i and i remember having a big crush on billy crystal and that is a very he's playing like a very specific type of guy that i don't think gets framed as romantic anymore because now everyone realizes that he's annoying <laughs> yeah he, 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 yeah yes like all of my crushes like when i was a kid it was like billy crystal like i you know i've said on here before i'm not Say proud it. Of it, but i had a big crush on woody allen and like you know this the kind of like know-it-all snarky guy that like yeah like i i thought was like so attractive when i was younger and now that i'm like you know a fully grown woman i'm like will you shut the fuck up and let me talk like yeah he's just so rude to her the whole time oh my god and then she's like weirdly like infantilized in a lot of ways like i love um meg ryan in that jane campion movie in the cut which like has had a sort of like critical renaissance in the last few years because she's playing like a like a solid like woman and in this you know everything's like oh harry i don't know i don't know anything harry like oh why are you always so mean to me harry and it's like oh god lady stop hanging out with this guy (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) 
He's a dick. You he don't need to, to be friends with him. <laughs> yeah. Sis, like, block his fucking number. Yeah. Delete it from your phone. You oh don't. My God. You know what? This shit still happens, though. This shit still. This is true. This shit still happens. So I, I think, like, as infuriating as I as it is to watch this movie, because uh, mm. and make no mistake, I was infuriated the whole time. Um, <laughs> um it. I think it is kind of like, yeah. It is kind of how it was. Um, yeah. Which doesn't really, like... The first time I watched it, it was a movie that um, some girl I dated online <laughs> recommended to me. She's like, you haven't seen this fucking movie? And I was like, no, I haven't. And she's like, oh, you gotta watch <laughs> you it. You turned into John classic. C. Riley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, God, I think we went to see... We were going to see, like, Kamiko Treasure Hunter mm-hmm. um, at IFC. Um, yeah. And I, we got there like so late that there were no seats. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know if it was that late, but there were no seats. Like mm-hmm. everybody came out to see this fucking movie. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. <laughs> um, and yeah, we kind of just stood there awkwardly, like looking for seats, but there was nowhere to go. And so, <laughs> yeah, we ended up going to a restaurant where we talked about this movie um, mm-hmm. and like New York movies and stuff like that. And then the date ended. We kissed next day. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I watched the movie afterwards and I was like, oh God, Aww. what a, what a, what a film. Wow. Aww. Wow. What a, what a time. Whoa. What a real New York movie. I've been in New York my whole fucking life. Like yeah. I don't need this. And I, and I can't, I fucking hate Manhattan. So like, um, like, yeah, that's a big strike against this movie. <laughs> like fuck this movie. Like so the, one of the few notes I wrote on this rewatch was I can't fucking stand Manhattan. <laughs> Um, so that's one strike that this movie has uh-huh. um, for me. But next day, uh, she sent me a text like the beginning of the workday. And mm. she's like, yo, we should not date. I'm seeing too many. <laughs> I'm dating too many people. Like, oh. and I was like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I just watched this whole fucking movie. Oh. Um <laughs> What do you mean you're dating too many people? That's not a problem for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you, if you, you see me less, like um, that's fine. Oh, oh my god, god. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it's funny you say like about hating Manhattan and stuff because like the one thing that I do still find so appealing about this movie is that you know I grew up in Georgia and I would come to Man Manhattan to see like my aunt and uncle growing up and I had this like you know, fairy tale vision of New York because of my like trips to see them. And yeah. so like there is still a certain appeal to like the the kind of sort of like fairy tale version of Manhattan that's like in this movie, especially because like you see it in the fall with the leaves changing and like that that still has a great deal of appeal to me, even though, you know, I've now lived here like basically my entire adult life and I'm like, eh, it's not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, actually, like, sucks a lot more. Um, But, but yeah, that that part still works on me. But it's interesting. I mean, we were talking before we got on about their relationship. And, like, I kept thinking when I was watching it about broadcast news, which we talked about in our Brett Boehm episode of this podcast. Um, Yeah, and, like, just seeing those, like, male-female relationships that, like, have sexual tension there. In this one, it's, like, it's an an inevitability that like they end up together because they prove his premise right that men and women can't be friends and i like the messiness of the relationship between albert brooks and holly hunter in broadcast news because it's like they are best friends 
there is sexual tension there. There is romantic tension there, but it never really comes to anything. Like they, you know, they eventually like drift apart and like, yeah, yeah. I think that that's so much more lifelike and it's so much more interesting and like complex that like there is that impulse there with them, but also they know it can't really work. And also their lives just go in different directions. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're obviously this is like, a kind of fairy tale rom-com so like you know the audience wants them to to get together in the end but i watched it and i was like why the fuck would they do this why like, would they yeah they fight all the time like like that looks like they're gonna be in an awful yeah, <laughs> awful relationship like yeah <laughs> like relationship long term this is this is like uh i can afford this divorce like right right <laughs> god oh my god and again maybe i'm like projecting like relationships that i've had where it was like you know with you know friends that i was really close with and we had like romantic feelings and then it just kind of like imploded so like maybe yeah i'm like you know forcing my own my own stuff on the movie but like yeah all i could think like when they get together is like oh god this is gonna be fucked up oh god i will say when they kiss the first time it is like very good it's a very good it is good. uh yeah it's like I did feel it. Um, yeah. I did feel it. I did. I, and that's how I want to feel when people just kiss in movies. Um, mm-hmm. I want to feel it in my in my loins, in my leg region. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I don't feel that very much anymore with uh, many movies that are made in today's yeah. today's day and age. And I think um, that that is like something that you have to give to the movie is that like even though I find these characters pretty annoying and i don't really think that like their relationship would like go the distance or whatever like it is a testament to the skill like you've got really skilled people involved like if you've got you know nora efron writing and rob reiner directing like they know how to make a fucking movie so it's like yeah they're going to like build this tension and build the sense of inevitability so that like when they do kiss you're like oh the release that you get you're like this is what we've been waiting for yeah yeah i mean that's the thing it's like and I think it's an objectively good movie, but watching it this time, I was like, I think it was not as much that it was less about not liking the characters and more about, I think my perspective shifting so much between like when I saw this when I was younger and seeing it as an adult now and like knowing so much more about like what I would want out of a relationship, you know? Yeah. Ugh. And the sort of like demystification of like that kind of like male character. Like I, I rewatched, I had told myself I was not going to rewatch any Woody Allen movies until he was dead. Um, but I watched this and I was like, you know, Annie Hall was so important to me. I would be curious like what I think about it now. And it was, it was kind of the same thing that like this, like, you know, Woody Allen's character in that movie, Alvy Singer, uh, you know, I, I was in love with when I was a teenager and I was like, that's the kind of, person that I want to be with like he's so smart and he's so funny and he's like but yeah rewatching it now I was like oh that was like the fantasy of like a you know a child yeah. who you know found this man so impressive and now I see him and I'm like this is a a sad kind of pathetic 40 year old man you know oh god <laughs> god I don't I got a uh, little dark there <laughs> No, I I started thinking about like Judd Apatow movies, and I feel like that's mm. a whole other conversation. Um, yeah, truly for another day. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I think you can argue to like to what extent it is like wish fulfillment for the filmmaker, and like to what extent like 
And and I don't think that that's the case with When Harry Met Sally. I think in part because Nora Ephron wrote it. Um, and I also don't think that like, I mean, Rob Reiner is not that sort of like autobiographical in his movies. And I, that's his like strength as a filmmaker is that like he can make Spinal Tap and A Few Good Men and Misery and this movie. So I don't think he's like, you know, trying to, to force some like romanticized idea about himself in the movie in any way. Um, this is more so about, you know, the, the Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow's and like the, you know, the Woody Allen movies and stuff of like, it, it does make me question as a viewer, like, to what extent do they realize how their characters might come across? Like, do, do they see yeah. these like auto, these like self-insert characters as like good guys, you know? What is a romantic comedy or, or movie? Um, doesn't have to be a comedy that kind of works for works for you um could be a classic Mm -hmm. i'm more interested in like is there anyone that's making romantic comedies that kind of um Mm. make sense within today's emerging or shifting Mm -hmm. i don't know zeitgeist i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say (laughs) here no i i think i think i get it i mean (laughs) this is maybe going to spoil a bit of a a future episode that we're going to be doing but Shop around the corner. It's not contemporary, but I think it has incredibly contemporary values. I think it's got a really lovely egalitarian relationship. I think that like it's too it's it's interesting because like the woman's allowed to be like a a bit of a bitch and like yeah. she's allowed to be flawed and like he still he likes her for her intellect and he still likes her even when he realizes her flaws. Yeah. Because he likes the wholeness of her. Yeah. And she feels the same way, you know? Huh. Okay. I'm 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 fucking excited to watch I, I can't wait for you to see around this. Around the corner. Um sounds like it's for me. Um I mean that's the thing. I think a lot of these like 30s and 40s rom coms, like in so many ways, feel so much more modern than like a lot of like actual modern films. Because like they have like fully rounded women. And I think that like the way that a lot of like rom coms can fail is that like the women are just like flat and like pathetic you know and like you feel like you're watching like two truly matched people in like you know a lot of like the screwball comedies of the 30s right you know i'm trying to think of a a film that kind of checks this box for me and i can't stop thinking about fucking castaway for some reason i don't know wait castaway (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah him and the volleyball were really well matched yeah i just think it really works (laughs) Um, that's hilarious i mean i think that like boomerang like to go back to that does like a pretty good job of it oh god because i mean woody or not not woody eddie murphy plays like you know such an asshole in it but like he's like very like you know totally matched by the women in yeah. that movie you know oh my god yes and it's he- nice that like the you know it's not about him like you know conquering and conquesting it's about him realizing he needs to like get his shit in order yeah god i i want to look i want to watch some romantic comedies now like me too like i just i it's such a solid genre there Mm -hmm. there's it's it's so good and i feel like they are still making them yeah um i'm just not seeing them I mean, I think this is like the go-to for like every, you know, 
film writer that I know of who's working right now to be like the one good like rom-com that's come out in the last few years but um that uh what is it called um the one with Allison Brie Jason Sudeikis um oh sleeping with other people I saw that yeah one. I think that's a really solid rom-com that's a that's a pretty solid one. Oh, I saw that one on a first date oh really Jesus go we on we, I mean uh, we we dated for you you met already actually yeah oh yeah yeah for one of the test episodes oh That's, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay nice. um yeah oh god oh movies oh movie and i mean uh movies i mean it's also a, a cliche to say but i do think that like a lot of the better rom-com stuff is happening on tv than in movies right now Ooh, what are some what are some what are some i think fleabag was really good okay. the second season like okay. i i i would count that as a rom-com i think yeah. um uh, uh what, what is it called the may may sh- what's her name may I'm gonna have to cut this out uh not you know what let them know you're human i am human that's the thing you're a human being you can't be a, <laughs> a f- fucking What's your I'm job, not, Professor? I am IMDb. Prof- <laughs> <laughs> a Martin show, uh, Feel Good, I think is a really, really nice one. Okay, and then uh, Crash. That's a it's that's that's a romantic comedy, right? Crash. Crash David Cronenberg. Yeah, David Cronenberg. <laughs> that's yeah. a romantic comedy that counts. Okay. I feel like sure. I'll take no, it. No, no, no. Don't take it. Don't no, <laughs> no. Don't take it. I just, I was well, fucking around. <laughs> at first, I thought you were gonna say crashing. Oh no, no, because I think that that's a good one. Crashing with with uh, Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan, where Rob he knocks Delaney. her up. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, you know, there's there's some good ones, but yeah, I would be hard pressed to name like a really good like recent like rom com movie, and you know, of course, that's like a big like you know state of the industry conversation of like the lack of room for mid-budget adult movies but uh, yeah like it, it's so it's such a fucking bummer uh it's like the things that are in my brain that i'm like i could write this quick fast super easy um right. this is like yeah nobody wants to spend like uh 10 million dollars 5 million fucking dollars yeah. on a movie about uh three dates from <laughs> tinder that don't go anywhere right. i want to watch that movie right. so fucking bad oh same Ugh. what happens to the ones where it's just like oh yeah ships pa- crossing in the night i know those are my favorite ones um black adam bought up too many screens in all the theaters so we can't get them <laughs> we can't see that in the theater uh, where do people go for date night what if <laughs> we cast what if we just cast the same fucking people that are in these big budget movies um, <laughs> and just kind of Trojan horse a rom-com yeah. in there? There um, you go. Yeah. Do, do any of them have the charisma to do it, though? Because it's, um, it's a very specific skill doing a rom-com. Could The Rock do a rom-com? Is, no. Is, is a question. Could no. you Could you, if you were given so much money, Shelley, all right. So Peter Safran or whoever mm-hmm. from Warner Brothers or whoever, some uh-huh. like one of these maniac producers comes to your house and is mm-hmm. like, hey, Shelly, I'm this guy and I have uh, $25 million mm-hmm. um, for you to direct mm-hmm. and write mm-hmm. a romantic comedy mm-hmm. and The Rock has agreed <sighs> To finance this film, that's why it costs. That's why you have as much money as you have. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it has to have the rock in it. Uh-huh. The rock must be in it. Um, uh-huh. And he has to be the lead. And he, I'll leave that up to you. Can you convince the rock not to be the lead, to be the side character or the dad or? I think you, you could appeal to his ego. Cause I, I can't remember. Was it called like the whole nine yards or something where he played that? He played like a sporting character as like a, a gay actor. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was being. Oh God, I hate that role that he takes. I I hate it. It's so shitty. I hate when. But he was doing something different than what he's normally doing. So I think you you could maybe appeal to his ego to get him to be like the funny supporting character. I don't think he could ever play a romantic comedic lead because he's got absolutely no vulnerability like no or, vulnerability <laughs> like, no sex appeal he's no totally sex. sexless he does not have a penis um yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like fucking kendall it is smooth and, down there yeah and i you know that article that came out a while ago where it was like they had to like count the number of hits that they got in between him and like vin diesel like because like you know neither one wanted to be like embarrassed by like losing a fight or something it's like you you can't you can't be a rom-com lead if you have that kind of ego. That said, Ben might be able to do it because he is actually done. I mean, he did that like a Sidney Pollock movie years ago. Like he's done like actual like acting, acting. So I could, I could potentially hit Dave Batista. I could see Dave Batista. I could see. And there are action guys who could do it, but not so. The Rock. This is a conversation that you are having with a producer and The huh. Rock overhears this and is like, you mean to tell me I gave you $25 million <laughs> and you're telling yeah. me that my arch nemesis, Vin <laughs> Diesel, or my replacement, Dave Batista, could do a better job than me and I'm not even the lead? I'm... He'd snap me over his damn knee. No, he wouldn't do that. Up. He respects he respects women. There you go. There you go. <laughs> if, I were, if I were a little man, he would... <laughs> he would definitely kick your ass. Um, in fact, he kicks my ass um, because you said this. Um, I'm so sorry, Michael. <laughs> no, it's okay. I forgive you. Um, no, I. Well, maybe maybe that's the kick in the pants that he needs. You know what? He can't do it. Can't do it. He this whole it. this whole time. I've been writing a screenplay that is a rom-com about a underdog uh, new screenwriter who has to write a big, dumb movie starring The Rock. Um, I've been taking elements of your stories, and boom, that's the that's the rom-com, I think. I like this. Check I like that this. out. Check there that out. Because he does movies that you fucking hate, and oh. that would be a good fucking rom-com. Michael, this is good. This is good. Cause then we get to we get to deal with more things. Oh, Michael, you gotta write this. this How it good. ends? It mm. there's romantic tension throughout, uh-huh. and you're like, I'm so fucking frustrated. Uh-huh. I hate I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Uh-huh. But in the end, it doesn't go anywhere because you were right. There you go. There <laughs> yeah, you go. He, I like it. I like yeah. it. And listen, I love anything with like tension between a meathead guy and a nerd girl. <laughs> uh, yes, this is, true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's, we're going back to broadcast news, baby. Himbo, <laughs> newscaster. Oh, God. <laughs> nerd right. producer. Oh, we love it. <laughs> uh, listeners, you just witnessed us make $125 million. So we're not doing this shit anymore, bitch. We're, we're rich. <laughs> <laughs> Show's over. 
<laughs> no, I would still do this. No, I would, if I would, we were rich, Michael. Well, this is the episode where we make that promise. Even if we were rich, we are doing this show. Yeah, so hold us to it. If one of us ever becomes a big shot Hollywood guy, then I guess we still have to keep doing this. It's not going to be me, baby. No, listen, you're the one with the million dollar idea, baby. Yep, it might be me. It might be me. It I, might be, might be yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> we kind of talked about when Harry met Sally. We, uh, we really did. We really did. We made an attempt and we talked about some of that movie. We that sort of did, yes. Lukewarm on it. And we talked about it a, a bit. Uh, yeah. Carrie Fisher, very hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Crystal, nice butt. Harry Connick Jr., great <laughs> nice music. Nice butt, bad wig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but the real takeaway from this is like, someone please make a good rom-com. Yeah, for the love of God. That's all we want. And don't cast the rock if you can help it. <laughs> please. Well, Michael, where can everyone find us? Uh, you can find us everywhere on the interwebs at everyone is hot pod that's every numeral one is hot pod and uh look if you're listening to us on apple music or sorry not apple music apple (laughs) if you're listening to us on apple music what are you doing um listen to us on apple podcast you ding dong and you idiot five stars (laughs) okay five stars nothing less God. We don't want it if it's less. We're going to send The Rock to kick your little ass if you give us less than five stars. Oh, and Shelly, uh, what can the listeners do? Uh, honestly, like if you want my real, do you want my real honest I opinion? I would like to get your opinion on what you think. If I'm being perfectly honest, Be perfectly I honest. think that they should stay horny. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.